Coming up on episode 41, we talk about uh, OpenAI, ChatGBT, the death of Google. And also we talk about nuclear fusion. Is it really here? Coming up, stay tuned. Welcome to episode 41 of Finance and Technology Insights. I'm Brian Williams of Northshire Consulting. He is Eric Bjorndorf of Evernet. What's going on, Eric? Hey, Brian. What's going on, man? You want to talk about what's in the news? Yeah, go ahead. What do you got? So talking about uh, the written word and in you know Google, uh, there is a... And I have it on our Facebook page, and I want to sh- let me share uh, my screen here. I think I'm over here. I know where you're going, and I love it. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm po- almost positive I know where you're going here. So, what was this? Is a YouTube video? Yeah. Um, all right. So, what was occupying the news cycle, at least in the technology realm, last week was OpenAI, a a maker of artificial intelligence has released this new tool called chat GPT, which basically allows you to enter in search queries on the internet in dialogue form. So you Mm -hmm. just ask it, I mean, you're typing, right? But you're asking it in a open in a dialogue form, what the uh, question is, and the response is in dialogue form contextually relevant rather than just a list of websites that might contain the information you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's um, similar to the next article. If we talk about the next article that, that, that has my interest um, when the first, when the first publication picks it up, you're not sure if it's, if it's like, if it's real news yet, but then when the second or third publication that you trust starts picking it up, then then you're like, oh, maybe th- this is something. And by the time I I saw uh, this video here, it was it was really compelling. It was like, holy cow, is this actually the end of Google as we know it? And this is a um, this guy here. Hey, so big news. OpenAI just launched ChatGPT. And if you haven't tried it already, you absolutely should. Go and sign up. It's absolutely free to use. But in this video, I'm going to show you how it's going to impact SEO. And I'm going to show you some real life examples of how ChatGPT compares to Google and why in many ways it's actually better than Google. And so I'm super excited to show you all kinds of awesome examples. And so if you're excited about this video, like it right now and let's dive right in. Okay. So- I'm not sure if we'll get uh, flagged for copyright or whatever, but this is a really compelling video. Um, This guy, um, Goach, is an SEO expert, and his job has been literally to exploit Google's algorithm so that the content you publish on your website can rank higher for searchers looking for content and looking for your services. And... It's it's kind of funny that this is uh, all coming together this year, but I you know you just got to watch this video and, and he sh- he kind of shows like the the side by side comparison of this a this artificial intelligence where you're just asking a normal question 
like anybody does in, in Google. And uh, it just spits out a dialogue form response that you could just take the information and kind of like move on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't even, you, do you remember, do you remember the first time you typed in like an actual question in Google? Do you remember the time before like you would, and I don't even know if you do that or not. And I still to this day don't really always, but sometimes I, I do. No. Um, because you don't really need to type in a, a query in Google in the form of a question. All you right. need to do is put the hot keywords in and the output is essentially the same thing, you know? Um, but this this tool here will many ways. So let you show you a variety of keywords just to get a, a really an nice blend types in what of is different inflation. Things. So we can really see how and well the, this tool and the search works engine just spits out Google. an actual. And so let's start with some information queries. So the first what is inflation one on is Google, something as simple as what is inflation. Google okay, so we we you know? type that into Chat GPT and. It so did you did you follow that at all? On oh yeah, article? I've been I've been really into that story. We should mention that it's currently down, so you can't use it right now anyway. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder. Um, I wonder why is it? I wonder if it's a just not... too much traffic. Really? Yeah, yeah. So so if you go there and try to use it, it says we're. It gives you a little example, and then it, you can put in your email address, and it says uh, notify me when I'm back when it's back up type of thing. If I, go- if I Google Open AI Chat. <laughs> Let me just search. Let me just show this again. Am I sharing? No. Yeah, I am sharing. Here we go. So OpenAI, ChatGBT. It's funny that Google ranks it so high. ChatGBT is at capacity right now. No, get notified when we're back. Right. Ten. So here's an example of what you can do with it, write 10 jokes about the status of chat GBT, and then it just spits out jokes. So anyways, I'm, I'm, I'm blathering on, but what do you think? No, no, this is, this is, this is important because it's had a, I think it's going to be, well, I'm not uh, making any sort of bold statement there, but it's going to be pretty significant as far as um, I think that combined with a lot of the AI images and the AI videos that are coming, it's a, uh, it's going to be a big deal on on both sides, both the positive and the negative of being able to alter videos and, and deep fake pictures, which obviously Photoshop's been around for, for a long time. But the ability for people to generate that that content, if you will, quickly and seamlessly and through either voice command or through, you know, um, the typing in of the exactly what you want and making it happen is is a pretty big deal. Um, in a way that re- relates back to our blogging and, and chat, you're getting into the idea of, you know, you could have this stuff write your blogs for you and you can right. all that sort of stuff. So it's, um, you know, connecting to the APIs and pulling that stuff in and, and automation. I mean, we're really just scratching the surface on that. And I don't think people really grasp how significant it's going to be over the next year or so. So we have, we have a, the Amazon smart speaker in every room in the house with the exception of um, the downstairs bathroom and I think my dad's sweet. He doesn't, he, you know, he's anti, so he doesn't have one, but we all, we all have one in, you know, so you can walk through our house and say, refer to the smart speaker by her name and then just issue a command, turn something on, turn something off. When's this, when's that, you know, and it's obvious that the 
the limitation with that is it's not very dialogue based and they do have a feature called conversation mode where it will she'll try to stay engaged with you um, i tried it once and it was obviously not good enough um, somehow the speaker needs to be able to identify definitely the biomarker of who's talking you know mm -hmm. so so this so the 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 system has a reference to who's who's talking and then have to they have to d d develop a way that they understand who's talking in the context of what's talking you know because the speaker always could it's just it's just a dumb robot let's face it mm -hmm. you know and then when i saw this i was just i, I was just amazed i'm like how how I mean, this open AI is a group. I don't even think it's a company. It's a open source artificial intelligence project, you know, akin to like Wikipedia or something. And it's incredible. The videos that I saw on this, it's absolutely incredible. The real speech that you can input and the real speech that it outputs uh, with contextual relevance. And the other thing it does is it remembers the context of what you've already talked about. So in multiple queries, you can say, you know, what's the price of uh, tea in China? And then, you know, and then in the next comment, you can say, how does that compare to coffee? So you don't haven't had to restring your right. your initial initial um, thought. It just brings in the context and it and it responds contextually relevant. And it's it's just amazing. So the two things I'm, I'm shocked at, how does OpenAI come out with this first? You know, at minimum, I'm surprised Google doesn't have a tab on the Google homepage where they call it the Google Bot, you know why they you know how does does google not have this technology you know what do you think i mean i think they must they've, they've got to be developing it somewhere i mean they have their own voice stuff like alexa i mean it's built into their phones and and all that sort of stuff but i think their focus has obviously been on cataloging and indexing the initial and advertising the, you know the, the whole web and then um you know learning how to serve up the what it thinks are the best results so um, I mean, they always had that, you know, um, if you're lucky, click this or whatever. And right. I never used that. Result. Did you? No, no. But, um, it's, uh, I, I think they're obviously getting to that point because I wish I remembered the numbers, but I was looking at something about how now it isn't even about people clicking on links. Most people, when they ask Google for something, they're reading it right off the Google page or Google is taking that that snippet and pulling it from the website and putting it there. So the website isn't even getting the traffic anymore. Right. Um, so, so they're obviously moving in, in that direction. They just haven't been fast enough. Yeah. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised if I, if we just went to Google, you know, how is there not a tab here for chat, you know, or, or when you hit enter, you know, try chat, you right. know, it it just so i don't know i i mean not that i you know i don't want any i don't want how do i want to say this you know i don't want to see google fail necessarily but at the same time this chat gpt thing is like mm -hmm. this 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 could be the next garage project that just disrupts and you know the the incumbent you know what i mean which sure. technology kind of seems to have done over the years you know um it's, yeah, uh, and, to, and to what extent do they either buy it, steal it, replicate it? I mean, Google's got the money; they can they could hire everybody away at three times the salary, and you know, take it and tie it up in courts for two decades. You know, so obviously that's something that happens too. But um, 
yeah, we'll we'll see what they come out with. Yeah. So what do you got today? What do you, you got still today? use Ask Jeeves, right? Isn't that your primary? Ask Jeeves. Um, yeah. That's still your <laughs> Ask Jeeves. Is that even a thing anymore? Ask. Yeah. Jeeves. I think so. Okay, right. Ask Jeeves. They rebranded years ago to ask.com. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. you know, Yahoo and these guys, aren't they just using Google or Bing anyways? Okay, what? Aren't they just using Google or Bing anyways? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Yahoo might. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Yahoo's got, uh, I guess Yahoo owns Alta Vista or? Alta Vista, that's another one. Yeah, I was just looking at that one up uh web search created in 95 that was a big uh joke on um uh parks and rec they always used alta vista vista, <laughs> vista. so what do you what's on the news that's getting your attention since last week anything well uh yesterday we got the news that sbf had been uh sam bankman freed had been oh, yeah. detained by authorities and he's now he's now been arrested so that story came out late yesterday so that was a follow-up to last week we we started talking uh talking a little bit about his uh, publicity tour that he was on and how his attorney it's like why did his attorneys allow him to do that but uh anyway so he's now been uh been detained and uh conspiracy to defraud uh, wire fraud securities fraud money laundering so we'll see how all that how all that shakes out but that was uh obviously the headliner yesterday and, and into today too um so that's a big one the other interesting kind of kind of nerdy thing was um one of the things you hear about is just kind of a base measure in our business it's called the the four percent rule and that was developed by a guy um about 40 years ago with the idea that you know if somebody retires with a million dollars they can safely pull off forty thousand dollars a year with inflation for for the rest of their life they're trying to come up with a basic foundation number that people could work off of. Mm -hmm. So usually that's kind of where you, where you start. And then from there you can take into account people's, their age, their health, their family history, their, you know, their, uh, their cash flow spending, what they want to do, all that kind of stuff. But so now Morningstar has, has taken that number and, and over the years, they, they come up with a new number at the end of the year. That's basically, if you retire at the end of this year, what is that new number? So that came out uh, a couple of days ago and their, their new number is 3.8%. So if you retire with a million dollars, you could pull out $38,000 a year and, um, and let that run until you, uh, until your demise. So, um, so that's always kind of interesting. It, they put it out. I, I don't know if it really has any practical use, but, and then all the advisors posted and, and sort of share their, um, their opinions on it, but that's always kind of interesting when that comes out. So that was, that was new this week as well. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So, uh, anything else on the FTX guy? Uh, not really. I mean, that story came out, came out late yesterday, as I said, um, I don't think there's, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, they're going to have the congressional hearings and I think the way this relates back into my industry is there was a push, you know, a year ago when, when crypto was doing well, um, to add it into 401ks and a couple of record keeping platforms did, including Fidelity, which is the largest record keeping platform. Um, and they put curbs in place where you can only put up to 5% of your account and, and that sort of stuff. But I think they put it in as kind of a marketing ploy. And then, 
you know, now a year later, it's like, really, are we, are we still doing this? Do we need to do that? Um, you know, if you're going to cap somebody at 5% of their account, maybe it's just better that they do it outside of the 401k world. Um, just kind of do it on their own rather than having it be part of their retirement. So now you've got the politicians have, have been involved and Elizabeth Warren has called out Fidelity specifically for allowing crypto in the 401k. So so we'll we'll see how that plays out. Um, it's It's been my um, preference if people want to get involved in that to do that on the outside and not necessarily make it part of their retirement money. I mean, they still could put it in an IRA. They can you know, they can buy it through traditional platforms. They don't necessarily need to to go through a platform like FTX was or something like that. So um, so that's how that all factors into what. Yeah, I mean, just to be clear, the, the cryptocurrency hasn't gone down to zero. It was just no. the company. It was the bank that was the exchange, right? Yeah, just the ex exchange that, that had issues. So um, and, and it's held up surprisingly well, um, in my opinion, the. Uh, over the last month or so, Bitcoin's pretty much flat. Uh, what are they? They're around 16, right? 16K? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, switching gears, there is one more thing that I think I want to be on the record for talking about on this day. Um, what do you know about Fusion? Uh, so so I did see the story this morning, that the headline, but I, I haven't gotten into it yet. So fill me in. Tell me all about it. So this is another headline that when the first outlet picked it up and I saw it in my news feed, um, it was kind of an eye roll because nu nuclear fusion has been an eye roll for the last 40, 50 years. And there's always the saying that it's 10 years or 30 years away, whatever the year, you know, it's right. always, it's always 30 years away. And the nu nuclear fusion is sorry for the big IBM banner ad, but nuclear fusion is basically clean nuclear power. It's recreating the function of the sun. It's compressing, I think, uh, helium and hydrogen um, to create. It's compressing one significantly to create another um, and to, to produce, uh, I think, heat. And according to the, so, so the challenge, how it has always been, it's ta it takes a significant amount of power to put into the system to generate the, um, the fusion reaction. And it, the output has always been less than the input. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, my first grader can tell you that, you know, if, if your equation is lopsided, then you're not, it's, it, it's, it's not worth the, you know, what's the point? So it takes you more stuff to put in than it takes you to get out. Then what's the point of the exercise is if you're trying to produce, you know, some sort of meaningful output. And so they, they call that net gain. You know, if the net gain sure. is, uh, um, if there is a net gain, then you've got a, then you've got a successful, a potentially successful, uh, machine that you put in your fuel and then you're outputting more energy than you're putting in. Cause don't forget burning wood, is energy, you know, when you burn it, when you burn wood into a fire, and I won't get into it, but you're, you're burning, you're getting a fire and you're getting energy out of that. You're putting something in, you're getting something out. And, um, you know, the whole, I, the Holy grail of clean energy is putting in something clean and then getting it energy out. That's clean. 
So according to the headlines yesterday, and like I said, the first news article, the news outlet picked it up and said, finally, the break, you know, there's a breakthrough where a team of scientists has produced a nuclear fusion reaction that has created a net gain, more energy out than they put into it. And um, I won't focus too much on on the fine print, but uh, it's early days, but the headline at, at least is compelling. What do you think? Yeah, that definitely is. And I got a, a follow-up quote here. This is Dr. Arthur Terrell, a plasma scientist whose book charts the effort of uh, to achieve fusion power. He says, if this is confirmed, we're witnessing a moment of history. Exactly. Scientists have struggled to show the fusion can release more energy than it put in since the 50s. And the researchers at Lawrence Livermore seem to have finally and absolutely smashed this decades-old goal. So, um, yeah, pretty That's strong language there. Um, so, do we know? So, what sort of waste is produced by this? Is there anything, or what do you? Or well, what, uh, happens. Well, next? yeah. I mean, the the article and and the science, at least on at summary levels, is pretty clear in that it's not. Um, you know, how is fusion different than fission? So the atom bombs and the nuclear power that we're creating now is called nuclear fission. And um, the fission creates radioactive waste mm -hmm. that that doesn't dissipate. But the fusion, um, this paragraph speaks to that. Uh, fusion fuses two or more atoms together. Fission is the opposite where it, just, where it splits the atoms apart. Uh, nuclear fission is the kind of energy that powers nuclear reactors. Like fusion, the heat created from splitting atoms is used to generate energy, usually in the form of boiling water and passing that steam through a um, turbine, turbine steam engine. Uh, zero emission energy source. Wait, uh, I guess they're not. Nuclear fusion does not carry the same safety risks and the materials used to power it have a much shorter half-life. So, yeah, it's just a matter of how radioactive and the, the fusion process does not create the same... Uh, radioactivity as the the current fission technology that that um quote that you read was was i think sums it up perfectly by the way yeah that's uh that's it, pretty strong language it seems like um it seems like they're sort of keeping some of the details close to the vest um looks like there's going to be some some announcements later it might just be they're trying to digest and and figure out what happened um because yeah i mean uh, was it was it i mean there's so, they've been everybody who has known about nuclear fusion has been waiting for this headline, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and I think everybody's probably you want to be excited about it. But at the same time, did those reporting on it, it did they repeat the process? Did they measure? Did right. they did they confirm the process? Um, it, I think it hasn't been independently verified, you know, mm -hmm. so it's it's all of these like, you know, is this. Is this the, uh, you know, what, what, what scientific discovery, is this the telephone moment or is, or is this the, um, is this the, uh, the girl who just got prosecuted for the blood, the blood, um, <laughs> yeah, Thanos, Thanos, uh, Theranos. Yeah. Theranos. So is this, the, is this a Theranos moment or is this, is this a, a, a Graham Bell moment, you know, um, everybody wants it to be that, that that one moment where you're where you're like this is the week that we learned that net gain energy could happen from nu nuclear fusion mm -hmm. um so it's it could it's 
it's exciting. It is. It's very exciting. And this is, this feels like it could be one of those, uh, technology leapfrogs, so to speak. I exactly. Mean, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, you've got, you've got solar, you know, becoming more, more prominent and all that kind of stuff. And is, is this something that, that sort of leapfrogs that and everybody just says, well, to heck with it. Maybe if we just go full steam into this, um, you know, I think it, they're going to coexist though, you know, and, and there's going to be different applications, you know, cause grid scale power, I think is going to, I think, you know, home power is going to be really compelling because it helps you decentralize from the grid, you know? So you have your own solar and batteries at your house, you become resilient to, you know, the power, you know, somebody cr crashing into a telephone pole on, on the corner of your street or some terrorist attack or whatever, or, you know, um, geopolitical conflict, you know, look at what's happening in Ukraine, you, you power infrastructure is being attacked, you know? Right. Um, so I think solar and battery is going to be always, is going to, is going to happen and continue to happen. But this, you know, nuclear fusion could, could definitely be used for industry. You know, mm -hmm. um, the steel industry is um, hugely energy intensive and the steel industry contributes to a significant carbon footprint. So mm -hmm. this, you know, this kind of power can can be the, you know, the, the, the next power source to fuel industry. But but not to get real too pie in the sky, but. You know, if they once they build this thing, then they're going to spend the next hundred years shrinking it down, right? How small can we yeah. get this, right? And then, what if you what if you literally put this thing on an airplane or a spaceship? You know what I mean? And then yeah. now you you have a power, you know, you have this like high yielding power source that um, allows you to create modes of transportation that literally are science fiction right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty wild to think about it. Um, and it's, and it's interesting when a, when a country develops something that like this, is this something they, um, well, very much like the Google conversation and stuff, how, how did, you know, what happens when somebody comes up with something so good, do they immediately share this with all of, all of mankind or does somebody say, Hey, look what the, look what the U S has got and, and how long does it take other countries to sort of replicate this? Do we decide to share it or not? Well, you know, we'll always don't. It was, it's funny. This is where you and I are always, I think, on two two different sides of the fence. Um, you know, the technology leader builds technology to to sell to sell the benefit of the capital gained from the technology. You know what I mean? Um, when it, when the shovel was invented, you know, it brought it allowed hole diggers to dig more hole more holes with less effort you know so they were more profitable and it built an economy i mean that's what technology does it allows it builds economies and um you know the the country that is the technology leader then typically you know once the micro economy or the uh, initial economy benefits from it it's, they start exporting the technology and the and and the economy from that you know so um you know clean clean and abundant energy for all won't be free on the first day because there's there's obviously an economic uh, market to it but right. what happens is when these technology these technology advances um are sold and enter and create a market for long enough look at the transistor 
I mean, the first transistor that was invented, you know, in the, in the 40s, I think was, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands. Now we all have billions of them in our pockets. Right. You know, my children own billions of, of transistors all to themselves, you know, so they're effectively free, you know. So um, and I always talk about this with transportation, you know, when the robo taxi comes out, the, you know, the when you buy a when you buy a, an Uber, 80 or 90 percent of that fare is the is to pay the human to drive you to do the driving when you take right. the human out of it the human cost labor costs out of it the price to transport somebody per mile is going to plummet and transportation will be effectively free not free but effectively free you know what i mean mm. so um and then people, you know, people will forget soon, forget, but the quality of life will just raise exponentially again. You, you know, I mean, there were times, uh, you know, hundred years ago and beyond, like people wouldn't leave their their little um, village that they were born. They people would be born and die in a village, and they've never gone more than ten miles in their life. You know what I mean? Right. And sure. now, the poor and destitute can get on a train and and transport themselves across entire states. You know, what I mean? you know what I mean? Right. With, so um not to get all philosophical or ideological about it but um right yeah and uh yeah my question was just on if <clears throat> if somebody truly develops something that is so life-changing and, and world-changing do they do they want to share that with humanity or or not how quickly does it get shared and it'll, i mean it'll be leaked and copied yeah, and all that sort of stuff they'll so. share it for exchange of green dollars <laughs> yeah unless it's you know i mean yeah we came up with the covid vaccine and we clicked quickly i mean that was obviously they profited off off that but that was we a... didn't just keep it inside our borders and say you know tell the rest of the world to go pound salt or you know polio vaccine or whatever i mean the guy just gave it away so We'll see. We'll see how quickly this spreads and uh, if it's if it's real, if it's, uh, you know, if they're able to replicate the study. And this one broke a bunch of their gauges and stuff, too. So they they got the output, which was far more than they expected. So so it'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch this. Very exciting. Very, very exciting. So what's going on at work? Oh, business-wise, um, a lot of a lot of end of the year stuff. Getting ready to do the the reporting. Uh, I did that survey, which we've spoken about a couple times. So I'm still getting some results trickle in from that. So we're at about 50 responses from uh, some of them. I had to delete. They were kind of spammy. So I got about 50 in there that were legitimate responses. So that was kind of interesting to go through those and. Uh, and peel back some of the results of that. So um, basically it was regarding communication preferences and how frequently they'd like to be contacted and, you know, what's their, wh how frequently do they check, you know, different platforms? Are they big TikTok or YouTube watchers? Do they, you know, blogs or email, that kind of stuff. So, um, so that was pretty interesting. So I'll have to, I've sort of flipped through them as they've come in, but I'll have to go back and really analyze the data a little bit more and uh, see what I can pull from that to, to change things and sort of meet clients where they are, so to speak. So looking that's, forward to that. That's um, cool. Yeah. I mean, market wise, this is a time of year when you get all the uh, emails for so-and-so's market outlook, so-and-so's market outlook. Um, 
I'd rather go back and read the ones from last year to see how far off they were. But um, I don't know. Those those are kind of interesting, but you take them with a grain of salt. There's nothing, at least for me and the way I run my business and invest my clients, there's nothing super actionable about them. You're not going to watch one of these 2023 market outlooks and go make a bunch of changes in your accounts. But um, it's mainly for talking points and water cooler stuff, so to speak. So those are all coming out. So I'll, I'll hop on a few of those just to see what's going on. Um, we're also watching, there's some end of the year legislation that might trickle through. So a couple of years ago, 2019, three years ago, we had the secure act, which passed, I want to say December 20th or 21st. And that was pretty significant legislation. And now there's another wave of that, that they're, um, creatively calling secure act 2.0. So that's kind of on the fence as to whether that will go through, but there's some some pretty meaningful updates in that. So uh, so we'll see if that goes through. It's got bipartisan support, and there's been a version of it that's you know passed the House and a version that's passed the Senate. So it's a matter of reconciling those two bills and uh, putting it together. So we'll see if it's a if it's a priority if that passes by the end of the year. So that's what we're working on watching right now. Excellent. Yeah, that that survey that you sent out was really, um, I don't want to say clever, but it was it was it, it it was a it was a communication that I forgot about. I was sent, you know, we've been sending out our our kind of typical outbound emails to our leads and our clients, and when you mentioned, I knew surveys were kind of in uh, an arrow in the quiver, but when you mentioned it, I was like, ah, oh, yeah, that's really that's really great. I should, I should get that together. I haven't been able to do it yet because I've, I've been so buried in building out our uh, sales and marketing and, and service team. We're just growing right now. I mean, all of this marketing that we've been doing since the beginning of the, this year has yielded and is yielding and it's really exciting, but it's keeping me busy with kind of the business administration side of it. So we, we just put out, I, I interviewed the vice president of product for one of our key vendor partners and um nate chopped that up into a really great video so i'm excited to see that drop and we we have a couple other uh videos in the can that we're need some touching and editing and um i started this series on one of the this product and i only got the first video out and i haven't haven't (laughs) even done the the follow-up so um that's kind of dying on the vine which i'm not too thrilled about but you know it's good problems to have because I, you know, the 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 desired effect is is occurring. You know, right. so we're doing this to grow and and bring in new business and it's working, which is which is tying me up. So and um, unfortunately, well, I don't know. I, I I you know I'm acting as you know COO, CEO, um, account executive, um, marketing executive. So. I just don't know how much more we have to grow before I can kind of take one of these bigger hats off and give to, yeah. a, you know, another delegate. So, and that, that's kind of what I'm the, the, I don't know if that's a, a plausible goal in 23, maybe 24. I don't know. So 20, 23 next year is going to be um, a pretty exciting and kind of ruckus year for me, probably. Good. What, so what do you like doing and what do you like doing the least to, what hats did you take off first? Um, you know, so I love interfacing with new 
incoming clients. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know because I love I love doing it all. I I would probably say I, I I'm I'm starting to enjoy marketing, but still that has been kind of um, that's been kind of eating eating my veggies. You know, it's something that I I do because it's good for me, but maybe uh, not not something that that I would do first. Okay. So mar you know the marketing executive um, I might give up first. I would love to to hire some uh, uh, a real pure talent in that arena that could teach me a lot and and just and kind of grab the wheel and say no 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 like this is kind of this is the formula and wash rinse repeat you know and my my people are really talented and we're 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 putting together a lot of a lot of great work. Um, sometimes I'm not sure if it's the blind leading the blind or just competing schools of thought. So, or, or too many people with their hands on the wheel, you know? Um, so, um, you know, but, but we're doing good and I'm proud of the, the people that I have and I'm proud of the work that we're doing. Um, it's getting better every day, which is a lot of fun. And like I said, it's, it's working. So, yeah. um, it's not, I'm not complaining. So anybody right. out, on my team listening out there, I'm not complaining, but you know, it, um, it's been an expensive education you know, mm -hmm. um, and a timely one or, or a time consuming one. So yeah, just, you know, but that's my fault. You know, we didn't have a real marketing apparatus in, in the company for the first, I guess, at 15 years. So, mm -hmm. um, but, um, but then there's this operational side of the business. I love, um, I love pro business process. I love seeing, a, I, I love the logistics and process of a business unit and see, and see like where everybody's, working inefficiently or clumsily, you know, and then right. saying like, wow, we can, if we change the process at the, at the genesis of it, we can, and then steer it towards this funnel, we can really like conveyor belt the thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's what I really enjoy doing. So yeah. And all the, the processes you built for service, you can start to work the same process through on the marketing side and, um, streamline that too. Exactly. When you say it's been costly, you mean majority time or is there been actual dollars and cents that have been expensive? I'd probably say mostly time mm -hmm. uh, and because time in the form of labor and I've had a lot of people come in and come through and I don't say there was a revolving door. There actually wasn't a revolving door. I really do try to give people a lot of time to grow with us, uh, but it's just took time to find the right people. And I'm fortunate that I feel like I have the right people now. Um, I think we need another, I think we need another talent or two, somebody who knows paid, paid advertising well, um, or pay, uh, pay per click or PPC or Google AdWords, you know, so we're, we're exploring that and getting into that. And, um, and then the other thing too, is I think we all know how to do probably everything. Mm -hmm. But you're, we're getting this maybe jack of all trades, master of none concept, yeah. or, or, or everybody is good at it, but it's a significant work volume. Mm -hmm. Like it's a lot of work. You know, when you're producing new content, whether in the form of video or, or written word, um, then you have the the the, the development and, and uh, publication side. Then you have the editing. Then um, you know, then you have like the actual, like taking the words, putting it on the thing sure. and then put it publishing it on the thing. And then, you know, so it's really incredible to see how much work is involved in just digital content marketing. Right. And I think that's one of the things you, 
you know, you learn as, as time goes on. I mean, I think a lot of people getting, getting into it, think it's going to be easier or quicker than they, than they thought. And then, so then it starts to work on your brain. You, you sit down and say, all right, I was going to record this 20 minute video and put it in a half an hour block or something. And then you realize, geez, maybe it's going to take an hour block to do that uh, 20 minute video the right way. So it's, I think for the people that go into it thinking it's going to be more labor intensive, I think it's more, uh, it's more enjoyable process, I think, because you, you know, if you, if you think it's harder than it is and it turns out to be easier, right. That's more of a, that's more of a fun time than if you think it's going to be easy. Um, and then it ends up taking a little bit longer, which is a habit I fall into sometimes of thinking something's going to be quick and then it's not. And then it just becomes a point of frustration. So you move on or, or don't enjoy it as well. But learning how long things actually take and building that into your process is, is the learning part. Yeah. And what's frustrating is I, sh I should have been blogging or hired a content writer to blog on, on our website um, from the very first day. And if there's any advice that I would give a new business startup is mm -hmm. find the money as soon as possible to start getting new, fresh words contributed to your website mm -hmm. every single uh, period, whether it's a, a daily is really tough, but definitely weekly or biweekly. Mm -hmm. So then if you're in business for 10 years, you have a trove of written word on your website that that is being um, called and indexed and linked to uh, over time because that's what builds your website authority, which, which gets you to rank higher on the search engines. Right. Yep. That's a, that's what people like is the, uh, the click, the, uh, backlinks, right. All the backlink stuff. Well, and, that's uh, what, yeah. I mean, that's what gives you your site, what's called site authority. The more people who are back or linking to content on your website, Google can, and the search engines can quantify that and they measure that as you being an authority in your subject matter. Mm -hmm. And the more backlinks you have to your website, the more, you know, the higher they rank you, they, the more weight they give your website for various pages and things. And that's all SEO search engine optimization. But unfortunately it's like a heavy lift on day one because you need a lot of content. And if, and if you were to take a significant amount of content and just dump it on the site, Google can somehow measure that too, where they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa you, you weren't even, ex you didn't exist yesterday. Now you've got this massive trove of data. So they, I, I think they, they ding you for that. So, you know, as soon as anybody starts a business, even if it's a landscaping business, you just mm -hmm. should be doing a, you know, some short video and written word uh, content on your website um, on day one, just to start that process, which I'm, um, we used to have a blog, blog, um, wasn't an aggregator, but it was a blog service where we would have a third party publish content to our website for a long time. And that did benefit us because we did, we did some retroactive analysis of our website and we, we see that we saw that we were ranking for a lot of uh, thousands of keywords. Mm -hmm. And then, um, over the years we kind of just we went to the back to the drawing board over the past three years, I think maybe two or three times. And you just lose all that site authority, which is kind of annoying too. Yeah. That happens a lot in uh, financial services too, because there's a lot of, a lot of those similar companies that will write content and, you know, allow you to post it to your website. And then the trade-off is, 
how weird is it if somebody reads the same article on three or four different advisor websites and how much does does google punish you for for doing that sort of stuff so so you're sort of weighing you know obviously in a perfect world you're sitting down and, and writing or recording your own content and that kind of stuff but is something that's maybe you know c plus content or b minus content better than nothing so you're sort of weighing those those options i think ideally you'd want to use those uh, services to get your ideas and then you know go in and edit it a little bit on your own and, and make it your own um, just so it's not cut and paste from from another service all right that up, wraps up episode 41 i'm brian williams of northshire consulting which is a connecticut-based investment advisory firm you can find us at northshireconsulting.com for the various social media platforms under 401k and beyond and here's eric and I'm Eric Bierendorf, CEO of Evernet Consulting, a national IT services and consulting company based in Hartford, Connecticut. You can find us at evernetco.com and uh, at evernetco on all your favorite social media. Give us a follow. And we record this show every Tuesday morning and release on Wednesday. And uh, we, uh, if you like it, don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment below and tell us how we're doing. See you next week. See you next week.